hello and happy Saturday. Welcome into episode number 90 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name, of course, is Alex Reamer. We're making our way through November here. I hope you all had a happy and safe Halloween. I know that I did. And it's great to be here on the other side talking with you. Uh, A bit of a strange show today. Probably not our normal show, but fun to do nonetheless. It's good to go off the beaten path a little bit, right? Uh, Coming up momentarily, uh, you'll hear my conversation with Mark Pikert. Who is Mark Pikert, you ask? He's a writer and editor based in New York. I know him because when I was freelancing last year, before landing my full-time job with Odyssey Sports, uh, I wrote for a website that he had started titled The Gay Goods. It was half pornography and half editorial content. And I wrote a weekly, if not bi-weekly, column about all things gay culture, gay life, politics. It was a blast, and Mark was a great guy to work for as a freelancer because he was encouraging, he was responsive, and most importantly, He paid you when he said he was going to, which is very important. I tell everyone, as a freelance journalist, your whole life is spent chasing down like $150 invoices. That was not necessary with Mark, so I will always appreciate that. But Mark is an interesting guy to talk to. He has a good perspective on culture, um, and that's kind of what I wanted to delve into today, post-Halloween, because this comes up every now and again in our new COVID world. Uh, Some gay brags on Twitter about violating all sorts of human decency and COVID protocols. Uh, This week, it was strep throat twink. uh, A twink on Twitter tweeted about going out and raging on Halloween with a severe strep throat. He proceeded to get dragged for the next week, and it opens up a lot of interesting societal questions, I think, about why do we feel the need to share everything, even incriminating information against ourselves online? Uh, That's my first question. (laughs) My second question is, and the other thing is, the pylon. Like, you tweet something out there, this dumb? Yeah, you should be, you know, you're putting it out there, so I'm not defending strep throat twink, but all the people piling on, my question would be, how many of you have done something similar? I'm not saying you've gone out very ill, but pre-COVID, you had a little sore throat, a little stuffy nose, you went out if you really wanted to go to that event. I think we've all done it at some point in our lives, so I'm not saying we're all strep throat twink, but, you know, we can all kind of see where he was coming from, but mm, just, he does not seem like a great kid either. I mean, he's just clapping back at people, but nonetheless, it's an interesting societal conversation, so Mark is here to talk about that. What New York is feeling like now in a post-COVID world. He had an he's had an interesting career. He used to write for these glossy Broadway publications like Backstage, and now he's gone on his own. So Mark Pikert is coming up momentarily. That should be fun. Uh, it was also a fun week at Outsports, of course. And I think a story that I really enjoyed reading was Jim Bazinski, one of our co-founders, had a story. I mean, t- I mean, this is a clickable headline, is it not? When I searched Twitter for Carl Nassib, why did it show me a gay sex act? And, <laughs> and the post is basically about that, that for a while earlier this week, when you tweeted, or when you searched Carl Nassib in the search field on Twitter, all lowercase, top results was a tweet from somebody 
showing a graphic image from the Steelers and Browns game. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that looked like a gay sex act. And you did that when you searched for Carl Nassib. That's so weird. It's like Twitter's algorithm thought it was obvious that anyone searching for information on the NFL's only out gay player would then want to see a graphic image of a gay sex act by someone in a football helmet because, hey, the two things go hand in hand, right? So, yeah, (laughs) definitely a little odd. And Jim wrote Twitter support. He got a reply. They said, we understand the confusion that can be caused when a search displays incorrect information and even sometimes explicit content. We've taken a look at the screenshot that was provided, and it appears this may have already been handled as we search the name Carl Nassib. So, anyway, Twitter just kind of gave him a lot of word salad, but weird. The internet works in very odd ways. I've worked in digital media my whole professional life, about eight years now, and I still don't understand it at all, (laughs) nor do I really want to. I just write it and hope you all read it. And I hope you all listen to Mark Piker. He's coming up on the other side, the Sports Kiki. And welcome back to the Sports Kiki podcast. As I mentioned in the opening, great guy on the phone. Do you know why he was such a great guy to work for as a freelancer? He paid, Mark. He paid right away. Mark Pikert is a writer and editor, and he's now on the show. Mark, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk to you today about everything that we're about to discuss. Uh, yes, that's, that's a hell of a tease. No doubt about it. Um, so yeah, when I saw this thing happening on Twitter this week, I said, you know what? I want to talk about it on my show. And Mark, I think would be a great guy to talk to it about because we've <laughs> talked about this over the, I mean, when I was writing for you, it was right, right in the thick of the pandemic, basically. And this stuff propped, popped up all the time. So we have another twink who uh, is not the demon twink, but, uh, he tweeted on Halloween that he had feverish chills and a tremendously sore throat from his strep throat, (laughs) but I refused to let that take away Halloween in New York City from me. Nothing was getting in the way, and I pushed on. I'm worse now, but oh my god, whatever effervescent memories I've made. I love the use of effervescent there. Um, So this is really interesting to me. A couple things. The first thing that always stands out at me when these stories pop up is like, why can't you party sick in peace? Why? It's If you want to do that, great. But why do you need to announce it to the world? It's like, it's shit posting to another level. <laughs> it's That's what's shocking to me. Well, the, that's second most shocking. The most shocking is effervescent memories because I'm dying to know what uh, constitutes an effervescent memories because I don't think that I have any. No. But this compulsion to share that and then to double down on replies, uh, anyone who criticized him in a direct reply, he promptly uh, called out for being old or ugly or fat right. and saying that they were jealous because he's posting photos with you know, an amazing body and a very skimpy gladiator costume. Yeah, nice harness. But there's, there's, there's no reason to have gone onto Twitter to let people know that you went out dressed as a gladiator with strep throat. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah, <laughs> not so. Yeah. So what was, uh, he had a few great comebacks. Uh, what was, didn't he, didn't he say he has like, it, it, like something about his energy? Uh, how did he describe himself? He had one great comeback that I need to, 
that I need to look up here. But yeah, he, 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 was, he was definitely clapping back at everybody. And the funny thing is, though, this shows you how fleeting all of this is. So if you look at his Twitter now, at Lakeshore Twink, he's like back to getting no favorites, two favorites, three favorites. Like this guy was, he was in the crosshairs as recently as like three days ago, but now he's back to basically tweeting into the abyss. <laughs> I mean, in terms of burning through plot, Twitter is second only to the first iteration of Gossip Girl. Yeah, that's true, yes. I mean, there really wasn't much of this plot with Streptor during Twink alone, but I do also say, so like, okay, we agree, obviously, stupid to post this stuff, and this is, you always get in trouble with the posting, we are a nation of posters, but, you know, like, yes, obviously, if you have a severe strep throat, not a good idea to go out, you don't want to get people sick, but, I mean, We've all done it, right? I mean, I, at one point in our lives, we've all said, oh, I'm really looking forward to this 4th of July or this party. I'm feeling a little under the weather, but I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to take some Tamiflu and go. I, I think most have done that at some point in their lives. COVID's obviously totally changed our thinking about a lot of that stuff, but I don't know. Like, dumped a tweet. He seems like just an awful twink, a demon twink, if you will, so I don't want to defend him. But the act itself, I mean, come on. I think that a lot of people have done something similar, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think the thing that really struck me about the tweet upon second reading is I don't know what he did. did he went out. Was he wearing his mask the entire time? Probably not, was I would he, say. I would say probably not. I'm sure. Yes. But the, that everyone immediately jumped to the worst possible conclusion goes back to something else I've been thinking a lot about over the last year, which is uh, we are not a nation of giving anyone the benefit of the doubt any longer. No. No, we don't. Um, yeah, yeah, no, we, we don't. And I would also say that with a lot of this stuff, you know, it, it, people, you know, want to set their different risks or whatever. But I mean, you know, Fauci would have fainted if he saw anything that most gays were doing over the last year and a half. <laughs> really? I mean, you want to, you know, I said that to all my friends who, you know, were very, you know, I'm like, you know, like we're, the five of us are hanging out right now. And it's like, you know, February, 2021, like this is breaking all the guidelines, you know? So yeah, everyone, everyone picks and chooses. Um, but I, but, but if he didn't go out clubbing, where do you think he went in his harness and a uh, little gladiator out, outfit? Do you think like just to a nice dinner? Well, like I, what? <laughs> I, I think probably just to a nice dinner and then probably a meeting of his crochet club afterwards where they crochet masks <laughs> that they wear. I mean, he I does. That's, that's what twinks do now, right? In yes. He does seem crafty. There's no doubt about that. What did you think <laughs> about? What did you think about these people? I saw this today that people are now digging up his grinder profile and saying things like, "Of course, it's exactly what you think it would be." And I look at the grinder profile though, and yeah, like you know, it's into mask twinks, jocks, hot dads, like, okay. But I mean, I don't know the grinder profile. I, I was actually thinking, I was thinking there'd be something racial or something incredibly offensive. There really, there really isn't. So I don't know. That's another thing I hate though, too. And this goes back to the stuff we saw, uh, with, with the gays over COVID thing, you know, the doxing of people, like if you're going to post yourself on your Twitter, then fine, you're putting it out there, but searching for Grinder, you know, who's in Puerto Vallarta, who's here, and then doxing people, that is something that has become so normalized in so many areas of our society, and it's so, ugh, it's sick, I don't like it, even, even, even well, to the how, strep throat twink, he doesn't deserve it. How horrifying to have the stuff that uh, you write about yourself in an effort to get laid used <laughs> against you in your public life. I know. 
It is bad. Because it's almost like with Grinder, there's this code, right? Like, obviously, you know that this is a sketchy app. It's a public app. Anything you write probably can, will, you know, can and will be used against you. But there's, but there's this, like, code that you have where it's like, you know, there's that barrier between Grinder and real life. And even for the strep throat twink, you know what I'm saying? That should be respected, I think. Oh, absolutely. And the real tragedy here is not that he went out with strep throat, but that if you look at his photo, his harness and his cuffs are do not match. Yes. The harness is black and the cuffs are brown. And you should never pair those two colors together. Really? Why is that? Oh, it's just a classic hard and fast fashion rule. You can't wear a brown show, a brown, a brown belt with black shoes. That is true. Right. That's awful. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah. You have to choose one. And so yeah. I think that's the thing that's really gotten lost here, which I find yeah. just a real indication of how far we're slipping as a nation. Yeah. That's a great point. Yes. That we, come on, honey. Yeah. All. Yeah. I mean, I will give him credit. <laughs> I, will, I, I will give him credit, though. The harness at least fits properly. It's not like sagging down like like many of them do. It is where it's supposed to be. But he's only 5'4", according to his grinders. So, I mean, you know. He's uh, sitting right up straight there. Um, so you were in New York, Mark. You, uh, you've had an interesting career that I want to fill our listeners in a little bit about. So you were working in uh, tr- Broadway trade publications, very cushy gig, something that you know a gay journalist loved to do. Oh, my God, Broadway. But then you left to start working in gay porn editorial <laughs> – and now, uh, some other, for lack of a better term, uh, just explain that career path because it's, it's I think, pretty unusual. Uh, yes, I think that you are correct. I think it is fairly unusual, <laughs> and I certainly got a lot of questions when I made that choice. Uh, but the opportunity came up to do something really interesting with a site that I launched, uh, thegaygoods.com, where I was approached about this new site that was in the works and it was an opportunity to launch something from scratch with funding. And that is not something that comes up very often in any journalist's career. And that's the thing that I've always been really drawn to. My entire career trajectory has been coming into existing publications and tweaking them and leveling them up to uh, more digital first thinking, which has long been a problem with publishing. And this was a chance to kind of do that same thing, but from scratch. So I wasn't fighting uh, public perception. I wasn't uh, battling the institutional history. I was really creating a voice for the first time, and that was impossible to resist. Yeah, and and, and and you talked a lot, too, about how boxed in you felt at these trade publications or glossy Broadway publications as well. Yes. I mean, anything mainstream has a very specific recipe and it's very SEO. It's very click friendly. And certainly I'm not complaining about that. That's how people find you. That's how people read you. And that adds to ad revenue. Uh, But to do something to bring a level of sophistication to adult editorial was so sexy to me and so impossible to say no to because it's the wild, wild west. Uh, anyone who's writing about adult is probably not bringing the years of experience that I have. And that I just found irresistible. It was fun to write for. And I mean, like, <clears throat> that's the thing, you know, we would write about the strep throat twink on the gay goods. And like, that's something where it's yeah. being talked about everywhere on gay Twitter. But yet you see it and it's not surfaced on 
LGBTQ websites. If only he played a sport, Mark. If only Strip Throat Tink was an athlete and we could write about him at OutSports. If only. Um, so, well, I mean, I'm sure it's just a matter of time before Ryan Murphy gets in touch about joining the next season of American Horror Story. <laughs> For, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where would it, yeah, we already did P-Town, so I don't know where he would be located, Strip Throat Tank. But no doubt, that's, that's definitely coming up. Um, tell us how New York is, Mark. <laughs> I mean, because you, you're in New York, obviously. You're a gay man in New York. What is the, what is like, the, this, is it like post-apocalyptic feeling? Does it feel like COVID never happened? What's like, what's like the vibe? It's a little bit like uh, the week before Christmas break, where you kind of have all of your work done. And there's a real carnival atmosphere. I was just out last night uh, in Tribeca for uh, some godforsaken reason. And we went to the Odeon, where I hadn't been for a while. And it was packed. We had to wait 10 minutes for a table at 9.30 at night. Just on a Thursday night. And it was people, like, there was not a space to be had in the restaurant. And every outdoor table was taken as well. And I was thinking, how long would I have had to wait if we didn't have the covid mandated outdoor dining now still right right yeah so yeah that was a that was a real perk but i mean other than that it's just it's people are wearing masks for the most part when they're walking around and when they need to and then you go into a bar and it really is very much as if covid never happened yeah it's like that here as well and i mean i think that's you know it's been almost two years of this i think that's with the vaccines uh you know expected and uh you know one thing i do like so your new mayor is very odd to me, Eric Adams, <laughs> um, in a lot of ways. But one thing I do kind of like about him is he did a, he partied at, at these nightclubs after his win. And he was asked about it on a morning news show he was on. And he goes, yeah, like, we got to get our nightlife back up and running. Like, we got to, you know, I'm everyone's city. I'm, we're a 24-hour city. And I was like... You know, our mayor-elect, Michelle Wu, who I, I think has great policies, you know, she's still walking outside with a mask when she's alone. It's like, it's fun needs to come back. We need pe- politicians to push that. I, I don't know much about Eric Adams, but I did like, I do like his message there. I don't know. I, yeah, I think that showing people that you can go out, that it is safe, is huge. And you see that everywhere. Uh, so many people were talking about two Broadway plays that announced they were closing early recently. Uh, because people just don't feel comfortable going to the theater still. Really? And unless it's a real, real draw. And uh, all Broadway theaters have a vaccine mandate. Right. You cannot be an audience member without a vaccine, and you have to wear a mask. Right. So, so still, tell, what's, what's, uh, people right. are so nervous about sitting so close to strangers in, in a theater. Yeah. I mean, it's... Everyone has their own story, older people, immunocompromised people. So you don't want to, you know, do broad sweeping generalizations. But I mean, that at at one point, it's, you know, a lot of people I'm sure are, you know, triple vaxxed. (laughs) We're going down to Broadway. So you're triple vaxxed. You're masked up. I mean, where's the off ramp? That's been just my thing the last several months. What is the off ramp? We don't, if you're closing down a show, Broadway shows early because... You know, if when again everyone's double, triple vaxxed, masked, it's like then there is no off ramp, and this is the new indefinite reality, which is really scary and terrible. Well, I'm I'm very interested to see how things play out over the next few months now that vaccines have been approved for children, because I think that's been a big pain point for a lot of people. Uh, they're vaccinated, they've gotten their boosters, but yeah. they have children, and so uh, the last thing you want to do is. Uh, 
give your child COVID. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even no. following all the rules. Yeah. So I think that once that, that, that roadblock is removed, I'm curious to see if that affects how people feel about dining indoors, which is my favorite thing to do. I just That, that yeah. and going to the movies were the things I missed the most during the pandemic. I'm all about uh, it. And I think, that, I think that people will eventually feel way more comfortable about doing all of those things. But it's also, you know, unlearning a year of being very, very afraid to yes. not wash your groceries before <laughs> you put them away. Yes. No, exactly. And what do you think as someone who kind of works in this industry? How do you think that COVID has impacted and changed uh, gay sex, for lack of a better term? And it's broad, but, you know, the kind of – there you go, Mark. Talk about that. But, yeah, like people's viewing habits, online interests. Do you think it's had any – I mean, as you mentioned, we have to reprogram our minds. Oh, it's been huge. Uh, in terms of hookup culture, I don't think much has changed maybe a little more hesitation, but who can say really, certainly the people who are talking about their hookups are not showing any, any form of hesitation, no. but the big, big sea change that I've seen talking to people across the adult industry has been in one exploring new kinks and two exploring sex toys. Hmm. Because when people were under lockdown and not finding partners and you can only jerk off so much, outside of high school by yourself like at a certain point especially if you're home alone and there's nothing else to do you got to spice it up a little bit and so uh i interviewed the people with flesh check and they said when the stimulus checks hit they thought they had been hacked because their sales numbers were so high they thought for sure that something was wrong with the system wow wow well there you go mark it's a good uh it's a good industry to work in, you know. Maybe I'll uh, <laughs> like my perch here, but I don't know. It's good to see. It's good to see. <laughs> but people, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I think you know we all learned how valuable life is, you know, and how precious life is really during during COVID. So why not explore it to its fullest in all aspects? So that's good to that's hear. That's right. I mean, there's no there's no reason why you can't uh, make sourdough bread in the morning and play with a new dildo at night. <laughs> exactly. That is that is that is what America's all about. My damn it. That's what America's all about. Uh, Mark <laughs> Pikert. So if people loved listening to you here and us BS around, how can they follow you on Twitter and keep up with your work? Uh, they can follow me at markpikert.com or markpikert.com. Uh, well, that is a site as well, but on Twitter, it's just Mark Pikert, P-E-I-K-E-R-T. And I have a blue check mark, so I should be easy to find. Oh, legit. Mark, always good catching up with you, my friend. Same here. Alrighty, so thank you all for tuning in to another edition of the show, and thanks to Mark Pikert for taking the time and coming on. As always, guest ideas, topic ideas, drop me a line on Twitter, at AlexRemer1 is my name. That, again, is at AlexRemer1. So long, we'll talk to you all next Saturday.